You're listening to the World Famous White Roof Radio, with cast number 609, recorded October 25th, 2016. Signed brought to you by CravenSpeed.com, MotoringStripes.com, and now Motoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and style. It's on Motoring.com. All right, let's get into the show so we can start talking about this. Hey, everybody. It's DV in Arizona coming at you with a brand new episode of the World Famous White Roof Radio. Uh, we are here talking about the Mini Cooper Countryman, the 2016 uh, Mini Cooper Countryman introduced 2017. yesterday. 2017. Excuse me. It's a brand new Countryman. Uh, we got all the details. We got pictures. We're going to talk only about that for like the next, I don't know, half hour or so. Uh, Todd's with us tonight. Todd, say hi. Hello. Alex has joined us as well. Hi, everybody. And we were really close to getting Gabe, but the Cubs are in the World Series, and so he was probably already drunk. It's 1985. <laughs> yeah, Gabe, you know, Gabe's lived his entire life and not seen the Cubs uh, in the World Series. I watched. So. Uh, I, I did watch Game 6, and they did that double play, and I was just like, I was shocked. I, I, yeah. I, I didn't yell. I didn't scream. It, like, it took like a, a full two or three seconds for it to set in that the yep. Cubs actually won a pennant. It was very exciting. It was very exciting. Yes, and then exciting. Ah, I was just like, oh, wow, this is pretty amazing. And as everybody's saying, you know, it's back to the future. It's coming to it's coming true. Well, and if that's not exciting enough, I mean, then we get the uh, the new countryman finally drops today online. I know. Which we've been waiting forever. Uh, Gabe told us back in, I want to say June. He's like, oh, I'm going to have it by the end of the month. It's going to be on motoring file. Oh, yeah. And then like, no, it's going to be July. And then by the end of July, oh, by the end of July, it's going to be on motoring file. And then it never happened. And it's not his fault. No. Like, they kept pushing this back, and he even wrote in one of the articles today over on Motoring File, like that was kind of teasing that this is coming out. Like we we'd seen this information, and it was posting up at like 6 p.m. Eastern time. Mm-hmm. And he did say this has really been pushed back because they many had an agreement with Magnus Steyr in Austria right. that built the current Countryman and the Paceman that they had a certain number of cars they were going to build. And they kind of negotiated that down and basically are having to produce the existing countrymen until the end of the year mm-hmm. and, and the pacemen also to right. a lesser extent. Right. And uh, so they didn't want to really like hurt those sales by bringing this new countryman out and saying, oh, look what you can get, but you have to wait six months. Right. And then nobody's going to want to buy the existing one, and they're going to start giving them away with French toast at Denny's. Which they already started doing anyway. They really are already are now. Like a lot of dealers, I've seen three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 off on the right. existing countryman. So anyway, the whole point being is they, they push this back, and finally it's about, you know, here we are approaching the 1st of November, and it's going to show live at the LA Auto Show on the 16th of November. Mm-hmm. So people are going to get to see this car, get in it, touch it, mm-hmm. feel it, get more than just the press pictures. Mm-hmm. Like DB, you and I were saying before the show that how they take very interesting angle pictures of this car to make it look the best. Of course yeah. they do. Yeah. And they did that in the video. All the pictures in the galleries. We're going to cover that here in just a second. Yeah. We're going to talk all about the Countryman. We have everything except for pricing so far, correct? Uh, that's correct. Cor- Correct. Yeah, yep. Everything is up for pricing and our thoughts on the whole matter. We're going to get to that here in just a second. Let's uh, start off first with our friends over at Outmotoring. Outmotoring.com. I want to remind you guys about them really quick. A couple things I want to point out to you. Uh, we're still doing free ground shipping on most orders over $195 from Outmotoring.com. Super awesome. Save 5% on your order when you sign up for the email newsletter and you get your own special code. 
which is super awesome. New, new every month, three thousand new products. Now offering Aston Martin products. We kind of goofed about that a couple weeks ago, but like for reals, if you have you know a need for Aston Martin big brake kit, Hummotoring.com is your place to go. Not only that, but a couple things I want to bring to your attention: a full line of car care products. You guys already know about that as well. But everything to keep your get your mini ready for winter. Get it nice and clean, shiny, waxed up, so that all the salt and stuff uh, stays at bay as best as possible. Uh, Aaron's also selling the really cool wheel edge protector to prevent curb rash for those of you who have to parallel park a lot. And sometimes, you know, not everybody's perfect. And that's actually pretty cheap. It's like half price right now, 30 bucks. Super awesome. N14 engine oil cap with really cool designs, carbon fiber or maybe Union Jack. Awesome. Countryman headlight rings. Awesome. Um, not only that, but like all the different body parts. I told you like out motoring is can be your parts desk, right? If you need it for your mini because you're just doing regular repairs, Outmotoring.com is going to be the place you're going to want to start almost every time. Pricing's the same as your parts desk at your dealer, too. Sometimes it's even better. Shh. Also, silicone tubing. And finally, let's finish off. Let's look at that front splitter for the uh, second gen mini. Very nice stuff. All available for you over at Outmotoring. Outmotoring.com. Um, go over there, check them out. Like I said, don't forget to sign up for the email newsletter. And when you make an order, make sure you mention White Roof Radio. We really appreciate that. So do they. They, of course, being our friends, longtime friends. At outmotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and, well, yeah, N14 engine oil cap. That's uh, outmotoring.com. There it is. Boom. Let's get into the countrymen, gentlemen. Yes. So. So exciting. Let's, let's start. Okay, let's start with what we know about the countrymen. So the countrymen is going to be available in all of the different variants. So it's going to be a Cooper, a Cooper S. Uh, Cooper S all four. Oh, wait, all four on all of them, right? Yeah, Cooper yes. S and a Cooper S, just like the Clubman is now. Yeah, just like the Clubman is now. Um, plus, how about uh, Cooper S E hybrid? Yes, plug-in hybrid. Plug-in hybrid and a Mini Cooper. Like for Which, real, this is an actual car you are going to be able to buy in the United States. It's interesting because it's a Cooper S with a three-cylinder engine. Exactly. And you know what else is we're going to get into specs a little bit, but this is also the fastest of the countrymen. Yes. Which is crazy. So that's all the things. Now, something you need to know is every every one of these countrymen, every one of them, comes with a sunroof, which I can't say I'm a huge fan of. Uh, you get leatherette upholstery. You get comfort access. That comes with. That's pretty strong. Mini connected with the six and a half inch screen. You get backup camera. PDC. Bluetooth that supports all the things. Automatic, streaming, yeah, yeah, yep. yep. Automatic headlight and rain sensing windshield wipers. Again, I'm not a huge fan of the rain sensing windshield wipers, but hey, comes with uh, four and a half sliding rear seats with reclining and 40 20 40 split folding backrests, and all of them come with 17 inch wheels, 18 inch on the Cooper S. Pretty strong stuff. Yeah, and it, it's basically the same features that are on the existing hardtop. The, the 2017 hardtops and Clubman, mm -hmm. a lot of standard features. Now, the Clubman's got a few more standard features like uh, now backup camera mm -hmm. and whatnot. But they all have the the screen. We all get the, the basic screen mm -hmm. without the upgrade of the uh, uh, nav system or the tech package. Right. So we don't have any pricing on any of this yet. Nope. Uh, this new Countryman, here are the highlights. Here are the things that stuck out to me other than... Let's talk before we get into the, the technical stuff of it. 
I think all of you guys, uh, we all had a little discussion today between DB, myself, Alex, Gabe, and Chad. And this came online. And and by the way, Gabe loves this. We wish he, you know, wish he was here to talk about it. He loves this car. He thinks it looks fantastic. I think I'm with Gabe on this. I'm 100%. I am with Gabe. I really like this car a lot. Okay, so Gabe and DB are in the plus category. Chad's response was, "It looks just like the other uh, uh, countrymen." Which, okay, that's, I'm just going to leave that there. That's what mm-hmm, Chad said. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, elaborate on that without him. Alex, your thoughts initially were you didn't like it, and then you started to like it, right? Yeah, and so I I spent like you know like the past I would say like the past 20 minutes like looking at at the high resolution pictures you know from Gabe. Um, I actually I actually like it. Like I like it more and more the more I look at it. Uh, I think. Like I had a hard time at the beginning with the more rugged stuff, you know, like those the big bumpers, especially on the back end, on the on the back uh, on the back of the car. But the more I look at it, the more it it seems to me that you know, like the F56, really like a grown-up car, uh, and um, and really the right proportions because I I picture also at the same time like the X1, and this is this is on the road like moving, you know, being dynamic, it's gonna look really good. Um, and I think you know the front end is is pretty well done in fact you know compared to to the f56 i think it's a i think it's a good uh good oh, yeah. design yeah, yeah they did away with that that uh, big black bumper treatment like and here's the thing is when i first saw this all i got to see were the pictures of the blue countrymen now hopefully you've seen this by now and this has what alex referred to as the rugged pack or i like to refer to as the rhino pack <laughs> <It's> <laughs> i saw that this, and i laughed it's got this snap-on piece black bumper on the front and the back that just looks ridiculous okay i'm just gonna say it right now it's not growing on me it may in the future but my opinion my first opinion was oh my gosh what did they do okay (laughs) i didn't like that then and i said this pretty much online i'm like okay they followed a lot of the design cues from the f56 this car is full of body panel creases and by that, I mean there are the, these folds, these angles that are around each of the wheel arches, just mm-hmm. like on the hardtop. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doors are no longer flat. The previous Countryman doors, as like the R56 DB, your car, and then our cars before that, mm-hmm. the original minis, were all flat. Well, now, on, on the F56 hardtops, mm-hmm. they have these contours and these creases at the bottom of the door. Now the Countryman has those creases. The Countryman rear quarter panel has a crease much like the four door. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a hip, if you will, mm-hmm. like a big chunky hip, baby got back kind of thing <laughs> going on on the back here. But in addition to that, if you guys look at the front, at the bonnet of this into the A panel, mm-hmm. which is where that side scuttle is, there's a whole nother crease line there. There's actually two crease lines if you look at it. There's the crease line yeah, that follows plans. that follows the body, the 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 little fenders there, and then there's that crease that goes right across top of the bonnet. Now, while I understand there's engineering reasons behind this because this car's gotten wider and bigger, and those creases, every one of them adds rigidity to a large piece of metal. And it probably I, also saves some weight, I would imagine. Yes, it does. You can make a thinner piece of metal. Uh, more structurally rigid by stamping little creases in those areas. Right. So I get that one. There's an engineering reason for it, but I also think there's a design 
uh, trend. Mm-hmm. If you start looking, look at cars that say 10 to 15 years ago, they were all smooth on the side, like our 2003 Cooper and Cooper S. Mm-hmm. They were very smooth and a lot of round corners or round curves. A lot, not of, a circles, lot of A lot of circles. Yep, not a lot of these creases anywhere on the car, but it was very expensive to do that, and um, you had to use heavier metal, and the car was heavier itself. So I get that. But um, so these are things that I didn't like. They were design language that, granted, I've gotten used to on my car. I didn't like the F56 when it first came out, but I love it now when you do things like I've done to my car. You put graphics on it, you lower it, you get the right proportions. Mm -hmm. It really starts to look good. I think this is going to be the same way. Um, But DB, you and I were talking earlier, and we need to post these pictures. If you look at the very front, find one of the pictures of this new countryman. Actually, if you click over the show notes, guys, you're going to see exactly what Todd and I are talking about because Todd cropped one out really quick, and that's going to be this week's image for the show. They've gotten away from, remember the classic, had very rounded fenders on the front Mm -hmm. okay, and round headlights, and it was very distinctive. And then even in 2002, when they came out with the original Cooper, it had rounded fenders and these round headlights, very cheeky looking. Yeah, and, there were, and, that, and, and the whole front end in general was almost like hips. So the, the roundness from the bonnet would come around, but then it would loop down into like, a, it would like angle down to almost like a, like if it kept going, these two lines would form a point, you know, 30 feet underground, right? Because it came down yeah. at that, like almost like a triangular front end. And for lack of any uh, a better term, it was a very retro 50s, 60s style because it was, you know, design, it was from 1959. Right. Okay. And that is something that the car has carried up until, and it still does to a certain extent on the hard top that, that exists now. But this car, you look at the cropped picture that we did, you know, in the show notes, it's a complete rectangle. There are some serious right angles to this. They've done away with the curves. It's not so sexy in its curves it's more rugged and sturdy looking it's and this is not a bad thing i'm not making a judgment call i'm just making an observation as even compared to the previous countrymen which had rounded fenders now these are squared off and have sharp angles yeah i mean i i I liked it because it gives the car like like personality and it gives it as like a stance on the road um i don't know if you guys have seen the uh it came in another came in the uh the macan lately like on the road but some of them i think like the base macan like when you buy it like on the on the door panel like at the bottom like you have like a band of of plastic like that do, that goes from the back door to the front door, mm-hmm. and so and it gives like a, like a sporty look, like a rugged look, like you know I'm like I'm, I can go like off terrain or whatever. Right. Uh, and so if you look at the at the at the one of the pictures, it's the uh, side view see, of the all fours when you're looking at the blue side view picture. Yeah. Not, so so not this one. So the one of the E of the uh, SE, right? So oh. you have like the like yeah. you have concrete in the background. It's just like the front of the car. And so there's something with the angle of the light that that goes basically reflects on the creases at the bottom of the door. And it looks like you have that that kind of plastic panel that goes from the the front door to the back door. Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually just light, and it's a nice. It's a nice, like, sporty effect uh, with light that you can that you can obtain. And also, what I've noticed is that there is no um, air duct like there is on the on the Clubman. No, uh, the, around the wheels, right? And, and like all of the new BMWs have, they have this this uh, this air curtain, if you will, is what they're calling it. Mm-hmm. It's an airflow that goes like at a very thin. It's a long, thin piece on the very outside of it that starts at the front bumper 
and then comes out just behind the front wheels. Yeah, the the BMW X1 doesn't have it either. So I think it's a it's a thing maybe with SUVs like they don't they don't just they don't do it. I guess. And it's funny because my neighbor across the street has a, an X1 now while his X5 is in the shop, and his X5 has been in the shop for like four days i feel bad for the guy because he's gonna have a big bill <laughs> but anyway he's got an x1 in his driveway now and uh we're walking down the street this evening uh walking the dog and we just looked at pictures of this of the new countryman and said look look that x1 is the same size basically as the new countryman but it looks different and that's because the x1 its belt line goes up at a very sharp angle and ends up with this little triangular teardrop shape rear window and the Countryman is much more flat belt line. It goes up at a little bit of a rise of an angle, but the windows, kind of the greenhouse effect of this car, are mm -hmm. still a little bit larger. Right. Well, so it's, it still, it it's still keeping that whole, for lack of a better term, the whole backwards baseball cap look going. A little yeah, bit yeah. left over from the coupe and the from the coupe in the R56. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. As I said earlier today, I think the belt line is getting a little bit higher, so we're losing yeah. a little bit of glass. Yeah. It's it's not really evident until you look at them side by side, but you're starting to lose a little bit of that glass. The belt line's getting high like an old man who's pulled his pants up too far. <laughs> just, a little, just a little bit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And you know what? The F56 is the same way. The difference between the belt line on the F56 as to like a 2003 to 2006 hardtop yeah. is ridiculous. It seems like it's six or eight inches. It's right. yeah. nuts. Yeah. And so that's kind of a trend. Todd, there's a huge feature you forgot to mention. It's electric seats. Are they standard? Uh, I don't know if they're standard. I don't think they're standard. They are, they, they are there. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm just making a joke. Been, and mark my words, uh, they're an option on the on the Clubman now. And I think in... It will be standard. The car has been on sale for a year, and I believe I've seen two cars come through our dealer with electric seats. Two, a total of two. Yeah, maybe a few more than that, but I'm pretty sure it's been less than six of all the Clubmans that have sold, and they've sold quite a few. Right, a year. I I would bet that by the time the Clubman gets an update, there that the Cooper S electric seats are going to be standard. Yeah, probably <laughs> a warehouse full of these things. Yeah, you know what else? Um, and this is just to finish off the what actually comes with the car um, on models with the all four. All of those will come standard with heated seats, and all Cooper S models with or without all four will come with LED headlights, daytime running lights, uh, the kick-ass sports seats, and 18-inch alloy wheels, as we previously mentioned. And pretty similar to the hardtop features on an S, the difference between Cooper and Cooper S. Now, what we didn't see in here, did you guys see in any of the specifications about how you have to pay extra for the excitement lighting? I, I, I didn't no, see but we haven't seen... To be fair, we haven't seen pricing yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so. Seen yeah, that's not a feature I would buy anyways. Like, if the car like doesn't get me excited by itself, like it's not a bunch of lights that are gonna get me excited by it. Right. <laughs> and you know, uh, let's I'm just being sarcastic, I guess. But re it's, really it's, quick, let's jump over to the uh, Countryman E, um, just because we talked about this a little bit last week, and Todd, I think it was you that called it out the uh, being able to drive up to 77 miles an hour on electricity. Yeah. That's pretty strong with a range of up to 24 miles. That's for a hybrid car. That's pretty good because most of them, like the, like the Prius and any of the other hybrids, you can't go that fast in straight yeah. electric mode. 
No, and this, and like we said, I predicted last week that it was going to be 30 miles or less on the electric. And currently, this may change. It's rated at 24, the initial specs, mm-hmm. that, that said pretty much outright, this, this will probably change by the time, you know, we get to selling this thing on the street. Right. So 24 miles on a full electric charge. I mean, for most people, that's probably a trip to the grocery store. That's, that, that's almost, I can go to work. At Almost. 24 range. No, that's that's work. I'm 20 and a half way. miles from door to door. That's just one way. One way. Yeah, yeah. I'd have yeah, to use yeah. gas coming home. But still. Yeah, for for me, my uh, my previous trip, it was uh, I could actually go two days without charging it. Uh, if I just go to work, on the, when I used to live in Boston, right? So if I just go to work, it was seven miles one way. Uh, I, I could go two days without charging it. That's nice. That's almost two days, right? So uh, it's pretty good. Nice. So I think the, the E... The uh, the plug-in hybrid version of this is really targeted towards a lot of your urban drivers who do a lot of, you know, in-town driving, not a long distance all the time. And not to mention, you know, I've said there's a lot of places you go uh, where they have plug-ins where, mm-hmm. you know, if you go somewhere and you've got some meetings, you just go, you pull into the parking garage and you plug the car in while you're there. Mm-hmm. And you're there for a couple of hours and you get a little bit more charge and then you take off and go somewhere else. These are really becoming, so it's, it's not get out of your mind that, oh my gosh, I can only go 24 miles on this. No, pretty much wherever you go now, th- there's going to be some place to plug it in. If yeah. you, if you think about it. Yeah. If you start paying attention to that, you're going to start seeing a lot of places. Because I, I know now, I mean, or go hang out at your local mini BMW dealer. They have charging stations there for, yeah, and they will for this. I guarantee you that they're going to. Well, you'll be able to jump in on the i8 chargers too. So, right? yeah, yeah, because they're universal now. The the charging stations and the plugs are yeah are all become universal for electric cars. But anyway, so don't let and the twenty four miles. And I think used. the Countryman E is also going to be the car you're going to want to. That's going to sell a lot of if you're somebody who wants the most amount of horsepower without having to do any modifications to the car. The combined because, peak. Yeah, the combined peak horsepower. And also the 0 to 60 on this particular Countryman is a uh, half second faster than the Cooper S. Is, uh, what, 221 peak horsepower? 221 right? peak horsepower. And if we go into speeds and feeds, we can see that the, that the Cooper S... PHV goes zero to sixty in six point eight seconds, versus versus the all four, which is seven seconds. So I mean, it's a little bit faster. Okay, bit so faster. now let me say the thing that, that, that one of the first things that stood out to me, and you guys probably all thought I was uh, uh, crazy when I pointed this out when I saw the specifications, is I literally had to text one of the uh, salesperson at my dealer. And say, how big is the gas tank, the fuel tank, on the current Countryman? Mm. And, and he responded back pretty quickly. He took a picture of the manual. There was one in the showroom. And uh, he goes, it is 12 point, the current Countryman has a 12.3 gallon tank. That sounds right, because I think that's about what size the tank I'm supposed to have in my car. Yeah. 12 point something. And I would say 12 point something in air quotes, because anybody who has an R56 or has had an R56 knows that like it's actually gallon. a 14 and a half gallon tank. <laughs> So anyway, the rated rated size of the, the existing country is 12.3. The new one, get this, a whopping 16.1 gallon. That means in BMW math, it's actually a 25-gallon tank. So, so, <laughs> so what I'm saying is it's a 30% larger fuel tank. 
And I'm reading something into this that maybe I shouldn't. And, I, and Gabe's trying to get on the show right now, by the way. Yeah, here, let's here go and let's. We have a, as a special treat. We're being joined right now by Mr. Gabe Bridger. Okay, let me Imagine see his we... theme music playing now. Because <laughs> we're going to have to backtrack a little bit, I'm sure. We're going to try to add him. Let's see what happens here. Through the magic of. The Come on, Skype, don't be a heartless bitch. Hello. And there he is now. Mr. Bridger. It's working. I'm just on my iPad. Oh, that's fine. That's <laughs> totally fine. fine. Be fine. <clears throat> Gabe, I was about to drop the ball that, um, that the, the new countryman has a, a 30% larger fuel tank at 16.1 gallons. And I think that's foreshadowing the fact that this is not going to be the best fuel economy mini that they sell. <laughs> the uh, it will be, actually, the, the hybrid. The hybrid, the hybrid sure, be, of course, by far. But the hybrid's only got a nine and a half gallon tank, so that makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. But the Cooper S, for example, I imagine it's a thousand pounds more than the hardtop, and uh, with the exact same engine in it. And I imagine the fuel economy is going to suffer. How much is the hard hardtop weigh? It's all, it's 20, all it's listed. About, in there. It's about twenty six uh, twenty six hundred pounds. This is so. Isn't it more in the U.S. trim? Um, no, I looked it up and like my JCW, for example, this is like 2660 and the Cooper S all four is listed at 3671. Right. Yeah. Basically, it's, you're talking a thousand pounds more for the same engine. Yeah. And so I'm it's, just doing uh, simple it, physics. It, uh, no, I, I assumed <laughs> it's the right time for them to, to release it, obviously, yeah. because people don't really care that much about exactly. gas mileage right now. Exactly, but the fact that it's got a 16.1 gallon tank, I think my point is, oh, it can get less fuel economy, and you can go just as far or farther because you have more fuel in there. I assume it's the same fuel tank that's in the the two series and all, all those. I think they have. I know they have over 15. Oh yeah, yeah that would make standard sense. Standard size, I would say. You know, yeah. because it's now it's a compact. Right. Yeah. I think that where. Um, where they kind of like the clubbin's kind of a one-off in a way. Right. Yeah, the way they did it. I was looking at um, weight. The <clears throat> and this is why I think personally I think the Clubman is the better car. But you know the Clubman is basically two hundred pounds lighter for almost the same space. Right. Yeah. But it's not as high off the ground and it doesn't give that utility feel that I think. Are we Are we recording? Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, we are. Okay. So what like I mean I, what I I think the I think I think the Countryman looks fantastic. I think it's awesome. I personally, like, I personally don't understand why you need to be that high off the ground for an extra 200 pounds. Sure. Well, look at the pictures that they show. This is the first time in, in any time I can remember in many marketing history that the countryman is shown in the mountains. There's a dude sitting out with his fishing tackle box on the back. There's no road anywhere near. <laughs> And yeah, there is, there is, there is road for the orange one because <laughs> I've had these photos and I've I've studied them. Yeah, uh, there is dirt and gravel road and stone road for the blue one. Yes. Yeah. So I think, but I think the whole point was here, like the brief, you know, the the brief for the creative director and the art director and the photo shoot was to say, hey, this car is, you know, the whole idea is that we're trying to create something that feels more rugged. It's larger. We want it to feel like it could do more. It's got more versatility, yada yada. So, you know, hey, I've got an idea. Let's go. Let's go to Scotland, 
you know, and let's shoot this thing in a little bit more of an extreme location than like Italy, right, <laughs> or or Spain, <laughs> where we've shot them in the past. So I think I think that's true. I mean, I, I you know I I love uh, you know again like I'm not a crossover fan personally. I love what they have done with a lot of especially if I'm just looking at those two that they have. Well, technically there's three there's three different. Uh, countrymen right, right but the blue one with the black trim and the bumpers yes no. i mean i i love that i think it's no, fantastic no, no it's i mean it's it's exactly <laughs> what they needed to do i mean it, yeah. it is the, it makes the it makes the copper one look like pretty boring it it yeah, yeah I, I guess, guarantee you todd you'll eat your words when you see it in person I guarantee yeah. you. It's possible. It's possible. But like I said um, in our discussion today, as we all were texting each other on, on Slack, um, that I don't like the black bumper treatments. I call it the Rhino package. Um, it's the rugged, and Alex was calling it the rugged treatment, if you will. Uh, I get what they're going for here, but I said the fact that I don't like it, um, it's going to sell very well. Again, well, the back is kind of funky looking. I think the front looks awesome. I, I kind of like the back. Like, as I was saying on Slack, like, I, I think the back, is, for some weird reason, like, reminds me of the Wagoner. And, uh, and I, and I just love the, 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 I just love the Jeep Grand Wagoner. I like, always well, had, like, a, love, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's an amazing, it's an amazing, it's an amazing car, like, just for what it represents. Uh, and, and, and I don't know, like, it gives the car, like, a lot of personality, and I, and I like it. Like, you're going to see it on the road. You're going to see it being parked on the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks, and it looks, uh, honestly, on those pictures, even though it's probably, like, the, I don't know exactly what all four is capable of, but uh, on those pictures, like, it doesn't look out of place. Like, in off, off the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that's probably exactly what they're going for. I, I'm a firm believer in a car like this. Like, you look at it, and it's hard to even be able to like form a fully fully fledged opinion on it until you see it in person and you think about it and you live with it you know i just i just offer like my initial take and my initial take is i thought they've done a fantastic job it's much more angular and there's a lot of like there's bentley Bottega in this car yeah you know there's like there's like really interesting almost creases mm-hmm. in the in the you know front and rear flare fenders and i mean i don't know alex if you noticed that but i think it's I think it's a, a really it's a much more extreme variation of the crease that you see in the uh, Clubman. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice treatment. Yeah, we talked about that game before you uh, came on here, and if you look over in our Slack channel and the show we're going to use the the picture we're going to use for the uh, the show notes this week. You just have I to scroll up the... a little bit, Gabe, to the, find that one with a shot of the gray, the front of the gray, of the silver yeah. Clubman. Mm-hmm. I cropped a picture of it, and you look at it. And it's it's almost a perfect rectangle, as opposed to the previous Countryman and then the previous Minis in general, which were a lot more rounded. That the fenders uh, around the lights, and that's been something historically that was part of the heritage design heritage of this car, was that it had a rounded feel to it. And uh-huh. this one is more, like you said, angular. There's more creases in it, and there's a lot of sharp angles to it. It's no longer kind of a I use the word sexy when it's roundness, but I think all cars and car design are getting away from that. There are very few cars that use that kind of rounded aspect anymore. Well, it's like our vocabulary, you know, it's like our, our design vocabulary that we're using as a society is just like, just, it's, it's just evolving. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> Excuse me. That's okay. I think that, um, you know, I think that many is like on the, uh, you know, I'm more on the curve <laughs> edge, if you will. 
they're more like they're they're on the, still like the curvier curvier of the of the design right designs you see out there that you know it's just like it's the smaller or the smallest crossover you'll see you know many will always be like the friendliest smallest version of a car in a certain segment i feel like they're still following true to that so I'm I'm looking at the I'm looking again like at the at the real treatment of the car, and they um and they've done really well as opposed to uh, the F I mean the four door uh, forget which one is I always mix mix it up with the Clubman but the four door F fifty uh, the four door at top, um it it sound it seems to me always seems to me when I look at it like it that it's falling off like the 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 back mm-hmm. of the car like is falling off and in this case like it's very. It's very dynamic and fits really well with the the overall package of the car. I like it a lot. Well, and the back mm-hmm. can I say the lift gate on this is almost the back treatment of this car is almost identical to the F fifty six. The lift gate yeah. itself is the exact same shape. The only thing it has different is of course the letters across the back that say mm-hmm. countryman. But there is a crease going from just below the taillights, there is a, a bend in the metal that goes all the way across horizontally that mm-hmm. does not exist on the f56 or the hardtop uh yeah other than that and if you look at the lift gate itself the lift handle on the on the hardtop it's straight all the way across and this one they've uh humped it you know to to go around it it couldn't contain that logo todd it could not contain that logo (laughs) that logo had to burst out of that it is weird that they did that it's just a design cue and that's wondering if somehow that's going to be that logo itself is some sort of a button that allows you to lift it to kind of a throwback to the original Countryman where uh-huh. the logo itself was the handle. So uh-huh. I, I'll be curious to see if, if there's a possibility of that because uh-huh. that was one of the signature features of the previous Countryman is that giant mini logo was actually the handle. Well, you uh, know, and I'm, not if you, I'm sure you guys know this too, but have you looked at the open, the shot of the boot being open? Yeah. Uh-huh. That bullet goes up like 10 feet. Yeah. I'm so, I mean, like Kareem could stand underneath that. Well, and it's power now too, which is nice. So you look at those giant. Oh yeah, and it's got the little buttons right there. You press it to close it. If you can, right. you know, and reach. And all I gotta say is that having having had to uh, replace one of those, those in the past. Those um, Yeah, failed. just uh, I don't know what to tell you, but <laughs> you know, like be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so interesting thing about that system, uh, only one is powered. The other is sort of a dummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, hopefully they've created a modular system. In the past, the one that was powered was actually, um, it was it was, it was was basically part of all of the wiring, so you had to replace the entire thing. Uh-huh. I had to replace one once on a BMW that, thank God, was under, under insurance, under uh, warranty. But it was over $3,000. Oh, my God. Good Whoa. night. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. That was that was that was on five series. I'm sure this would be half that cost at worst case, but you know that it's hopefully modular at this point. There's no reason for it not to be. Well, it, it looks like it does have a giant uh, car hole opening in the back, yeah. which is good, mm-hmm. and it's going to be good for utility for people who need it. I like the little mm-hmm. out the what are they calling it the picnic table, if you will. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I, I actually think it's a good idea, though. It's not it is a good idea. A new one, but I think it's good. Yeah, it's a pad where you can sit on it and put things in and out of the the without scraping the uh, bumper. Like dogs. But I'm still gonna come out with the bumper protection strip. <laughs> nice. Five well, that, this car comes that's out. That's more. That's more versatile. So, and I apologize for coming in late here. I, I got the times mixed up. But what do you guys think about uh, the? Um, have you talked about the Countryman E? I think 
Look, Briefly, just a little big, bit. I think, I mean, for me, that's kind of the big news here. Like if, um, so for one, you know, it's got 281 foot pound of torque. Right. And 21, two, 221 horsepower. So you suddenly have a, have a car that is, it's pretty quick. Yes. You know, it's, it's not zero to slow. 60 less than seven seconds. Yeah. 6.8 seconds. <laughs> so it's not far off from the JCW, um, countrymen of today. Right. And while we don't have the data yet, um, obviously it gets 24 miles on a charge, um, free total electricity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it also acts as an electric boost for the engine. Um, I, I, I had a 330E for a week recently with with roughly the same drivetrain. Okay. Yeah. And um, it's, it's really pretty interesting. I mean, I could commute. Um, I could commute basically for a day and a half without charging it on electricity. Wow. That's uh, you know, that was it. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. And my garage, you know, where I, uh, downtown Chicago, I just, I just, right. you know, there's free electricity, just plug in. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying. That was it. And so, yeah, you could theoretically not put gas in this thing for a long time. Yeah. Wow. People who get that anxiety of it, I think everywhere you go now is going to have places to plug in. There's going to be, you know, dedicated parking for, for alternative, alternative fuel vehicles, especially the plug-in hybrid type. Well, the, yeah, and the problem is just like getting there on time to, to because there's right. so many so many of them that's snagging now. But I think right. the um, you know I think the thing that's interesting though is that you've got you don't have the the concern about running out of electricity, um, but it's 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 all about like sort of gaming the system. Like you don't you still don't want to run out of electricity because you you know you want that extra oomph. You know, like exactly. those two drivetrains acting together as one creates well, pretty mention. fast. Not to mention, Gabe, is that uh, you can run it on full electricity. This will be the first real rear-wheel drive Mini. If it's running just on electricity, it is a full rear-wheel drive car, right? Is there any way to do that, or is it always going to be like a gas-assist power? No, no, no. You, that's 100% uh, possible. Yeah. Just like um, just like the uh, – no, that's uh, sorry. I was about to give a bad analogy. That is totally right, um, and that's it's the first time you're right. And what's interesting to me is the uh, snow-induced oversteer opportunities mm. that that uh-huh. would allow for. I immediately, immediately think of the fun that I can have with this car. Well, and can I say that the article that you posted um, a week or so ago when they were teasing the uh, plug-in hybrid version of the Countryman, they talked about how it's one of the best balanced minis they ever made because of the system in the back and where the battery's placed how they've re- achieved a really good equilibrium and i hesitate to say a 50 50 weight distribution we love uh, it much but let me take a drink let me take a drink yeah. <laughs> I, I do so, think the uh, plug-in hybrid is going to be very well balanced can i can i just like can i just you know sort of like tip my cap to myself for a second which i i hate to even say that <laughs> but i have been basically reporting the data on this car for almost three years and it is to the mile correct yes nicely of its of its range nicely done gabe nicely done i i mean you know it doesn't always happen that way it really doesn't but uh i was pretty excited to see that i think there's a couple other things that we got right a couple other things we got wrong um but i mean by and large like this is one of many's worst kept secrets um, like for instance, last week Autoblog was saying that the the plug-in hybrid was going to uh, arrive in 2019. Um, that's not right. 
we knew it was going to be actually featured at launch, which it is. And it comes out, it will hit dealers in June of okay. next year. So, so now here's the big okay. question, Gabe, is that's going to happen. I, what do you think is going to be the next car that we see in the mini lineup that's going to have a plug-in hybrid? Because this seems like a no-brainer to me to add on down the line to, say, the Clubman or the four-door. The only other car that is capable of having this system is the, um, is, the, is the Clubman because of the size. It's and I don't classic. know... I don't. I don't believe that they have. Um, I believe they ceased production. They ceased development of that um, a few years back. I think they looked at it and they decided not to produce it because they didn't think that the quantity of sales would be there. Hmm. Interesting. So you think this will be the only car we see as a <coughs> for for quite some time? No. So I've been told this is a, a little a little birdie told me that this is not the last uh, Mini E model we'll see um i think what we're going to see is we're going to see a mild hybrid of the next generation hatch and basically almost every other mini after that uh, um okay. and so it's going to be more like a 48 48 volt system similar to the new golf that's that's coming out and uh gosh and and i think a couple of weeks actually um but the point is that you're going to start to see minis with that added efficiency layer of a mild hybrid and then that is going to be um, one angle. The other angle will be a plug-in hybrid, which is what you see here, and it will likely be available on the larger minis. And then finally, you will see an all-electric mini in about four to five years. Super so, legit. super legit. What's? Yeah. Well, no, but I think <laughs> I think I, I think that has yet to be determined. But definitely not that. Yeah. So yeah. So I think I think the point here is that. This is a, a sign of things to come, but it won't be joined by another mini. I don't believe any time soon. I hope I am totally wrong about the Clubman because I think the Clubman would be, I mean, again, like I'll say it again, like I think the Clubman is a better version of the Countryman when I look at the data on it. I could be I could be wrong once I drive the thing and live with it, but I think the, the, the Clubman is just, for me, a better car. Okay, let's, let's uh, I'll wrap up on this. But one <laughs> thing I talked about is that, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, yeah, I want to say, I mean, because we're about to wrap up, so let's, uh, I don't know what you wanted to, to talk about, Todd, but uh, we have the, uh, what, we have like four superheroes out of five now, mm -hmm. so it would be nice to start playing a game of, you know, which one we think would be the last one, if they're actually going to do five of them. Hmm. I think they got to go smaller. I don't think they're going to go bigger. I think they've got to go something more along the city, and the one car that that all of the people internally have been talking about for years that still as far as i know has never left the table is what they refer to as the city car or the rocket man rocket man the, yeah the rocket man type car and i i think that's the one that's still on the table for me gabe yeah i i think i think there's a lot on the table theoretically i think the problem is they they just do not have a they do not have a um a chassis for it and yeah. so they have to go out and partner with somebody they've hinted that right. they yeah, could toyota. do that they've hinted that's a, that it could be toyota um i yeah, think everybody partners we'll with toyota on the car if, aston martin i think we'll probably see some yeah. kind of if there's going to be a joint venture i think it's going to be announced um i think it will be there'll be a lot of pressure from both parties shareholders etc to actually announce that because it'd be a big deal mm. um and it could even be a three-way joint venture because Cars are expensive, and city cars, they don't have the quantity of sales that um, they should for the for the expense of, of you know, just engineering. So 
if it is that, it's going to be an interesting journey for many to get there. Yeah. The Maybe it could scenario, end up being like an FRS Subaru BRZ thing, too. I mean, it, it could be. I think I think the other scenario is that, uh, you know, they've looked at a modified i3 platform. I think BMW just really screwed up on the i3 platform because they could have made it much more modular and something that allowed for a lot of other variants. They just didn't do that. I think the other scenario is that um, they could create something bespoke that then they ultimately share with BMW mm. um, across a couple of different The I think what they're going to do is I think they're going to engineer the F56 replacement as a car that accepts different types of drivetrains, and they're just going to use that. Oh, okay. Mm, interesting. All right. And I think there will not be a small mini. So I yeah. think the, the fifth superhero... May they make they may cop out may not have one and they may like call the next GP the fifth superhero or something like that. Mm. that <laughs> Which you sense. know what, <laughs> we are only uh, a year and a half away from that because you think about it, we went from uh, 2002 the car launched, and we had one in six. Okay, so we got 14, 15, 16, 17. It should be a 17 sometime in the model year 2017, and they didn't. No, the GP it couldn't be because the 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 LCI happens next it's, year. That's true. And yeah, it, because it's only three years, uh, right? Yeah. Like it's, uh, it's, it's it, going to be it would 2018. Be, it would be 2020 or something. And it, I guess, it'd, be, it'd be the last year of production. And I guess when you think about it, the uh, the R56 came out in 2007, and they didn't come out with the uh, GP2 until 2013. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah, six they, years. They, they, they did accelerate like the uh, the production. I mean, or, or rather, maybe decelerate like the the lifetime of the uh, of the of the R60, right? It mm-hmm. came out in a uh, Fall of 2010. That's right. It's less, That's right. It's less than seven years, right? So they could actually yeah. they could do the same thing with the D56, maybe. I don't know. They could. I think BMW. The only time they tend to do that though is with cars that are um, using pre, uh, another chassis technology and coming to the market late with that technology. So if you think about it, <clears throat> they did that with um, the coupe. They, did, you know, the coupe, the roadster. They did it with the the R60. BMW has done that in the past. Um, you know, I believe it was with the first generation X3. So there's certain instances where they say, you know, we're not going to finish out the seven years because the technology and the, under, the underlying technology is just so ancient that we're getting killed in the marketplace. Um, so the F56, I don't know if they'll do that with because that, that, you know, everything was was launched with that car, and so even seven years out. If they do it right, it should feel still fairly fresh. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on to the, and as we wrap this and talk about something we yet to talk about, and that's the interior of this car, yeah. which has uh, changed and updated dramatically. It's got a lot of F56Qs. All the toggles look the same. The dual climate control looks the same. But the dash itself has changed dramatically and gone for the first time are the round vents, completely gone from this car. Yeah. I um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm finding the interior of this car to be striking, like amazingly so. Mm-hmm. I find. What it, do you like about it, DB? I, I just uh, I, well, same thing I like about the the Clubman, and the same thing I like about the F56. I just like that it looks. It just it looks. I hate to use the word premium, but it looks premium. It looks nice. It looks comfortable. It looks inviting. It looks like. The exception it, of that. Go ahead. With the exception of the striped dash, except for the striped dash, that that looks crazy. But I'm looking that at the option. I'm looking at the uh, the one with the diamond pattern, the the tan yes. interior on the blue one, right? And just yes. something about that, it just looks to me, it just looks very just nice. 
that's I mean that's really simple, but I just I really am enjoying the way the interior of this car looks. I think it looks this looks like something that you just spent thirty five thousand dollars on, and uh-huh. as it should. I think. I think it's also sparse in its um it's not as busy as uh, I think even my car and Alex's car right. is. Uh, it's got all the same knobs and switches and buttons, but it seems like it's a little more. Like okay, everything in the center is now climate related. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, Dual this... climate control. You've got heated seats, and everything me. in the middle has to do with climate. Yeah. Then everything below that has to do with engine and drivetrain. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then everything in the center ring has to do with entertainment and information. Yeah. Okay. Just the, in- the interior of this car is uh-huh. very BMW. And uh, very I, I similar do to think that five that series sim- in my garage. Very. Similar. I like the simplicity of so it, I. but I think it's like almost gone that giant flowing dash piece it it looks very retro if you will is in something you would have seen in like a 50s era uh-huh. like buick or mm. something right uh-huh. i know you're talking about very large yeah. nothing to it it's just for shape that's there and i i uh-huh. like it but I don't like it in the in the stripe and, and caramel. Type. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I love it. I love it in the piano black tone. I think it almost feels yes. like those buttons are floating there. You know, it's, yes. it, it, and I think it is. It is. Um, while there's a lot going on, it helps to create a slightly more minimal feel. I kind of prefer the uh, the vents on the uh, on the F56. I know they are like kind of breaking with the entire pattern of the dashboard, but again, like it gives the car. I like when I like when it's a little bit busy because it feels like you're getting more for your money in some ways. I don't know, as opposed to being it being being it being very flat all over. So uh, that's the one thing about the interior that I like more on the uh, on the F56. I'm not a fan of the of the uh, of the air vents. I don't. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. See, I like these. Also, I, I think they look good. And also carpet, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and the touchscreen. I think that's going to be something really fun to start playing with. And we're going to get that in the Clubman coming up, I believe, in December slash January. Should uh-huh. be dealers, uh, the JCW Clubman, with the touchscreen CarPlay uh, integration. But if you do look at it, also they've redesigned like the UI for Mini Connected, like it's uh-huh. a different UI than the one we have done. And I think yeah. I, I really think having owned this car for a while, and Gabe, you've got the the Clubman. Um, the the most the least used feature that people really should learn to use in this car, and this is something that's been in BMWs forever, is the hot buttons, the numbered buttons that run around the bottom of the center. <laughs> I know. I I love that you like you like such a lover of those buttons, and I think that you're right too. I think it's you're totally you're totally right. I mean, I I love it in my car because if the temperature's <laughs> changing, all I do is reach up and hit the number two. And immediately it pops up on the screen all of my tire pressures, and I know exactly what they are to the pound. And as the temperature changes, I've been using that a lot lately as it's going Uh up, down, and up, and down, and I've had to air up the tires quite a few times. It is so simple to set these smart buttons, these hot buttons, if you will, Uh to do all kinds of functions. And I have one that goes to messages if I get a text message. Yep, that's the same. Right to the message. (laughs) I've got another one that goes to my uh, music on my phone when it's plugged uh-huh. in, it'll go to external device and start playing music. Uh, it is a least used feature, and I think people really need to know about it. Well, I've been I've, I wanted to be using it like a lot, but every time I try to set it for like a default destination on the on the navigation system, like it doesn't work. Like it prompts me, it it basically gives me 
uh, the map uh, with uh, pointing north, which is really annoying. Like it doesn't actually save the the destination. Yeah, there are certain things it won't do. Yeah. Uh, if so, basically, if it won't, it'll take you to a place inside the menu, but it won't. It won't take you to a place that requires processing power. Yeah. And you I think, I mean? and what you have to do is you have to store it <laughs> before you go to that step. Like you have to get right to the step you want to go to and then save it. And then it will go to that step. It's kind of a, it's, it's not terribly intuitive, but once you learn how to, to set it to, to certain features, it's like, oh, this is absolute genius. And I wish it would do more. Alex, you're right. I, I hope with the touchscreen that they'll be able to do a little more integration and, and with the uh, Apple CarPlay that it will add some additional features because you got to think that since you'll be able to touch the screen and push buttons and whatnot, you've got more yeah. Six presets there. You're gonna have. A- yeah. yeah. So what? Do you, what are you? What do you think the people who buy this car in February and March? Uh, how, they, how are they gonna feel when CarPlay comes out in August? The same system. Uh, yeah. I really. I, fi- I think it's. Uh, I think are they gonna charge like 300 bucks like they do on BMW for CarPlay? Uh, that's. I mean, I don't know. That's a great question. I think. I think BMW. They're what they typically have done is they've charged for functionality and then after a couple of years they make it free mm-hmm. and and so I, I i would suspect that many might do the same thing but i mean if i mean I, you know i i have a hard time swallowing that i think that's a terrible call i think that they, they should make oh, it free. is it is it is because like when you look at the gti <laughs> same screen navigation system and everything mm-hmm. like you're not paying for carplay just comes with it and and i wanted to do they actually have the i wonder if they actually have the i mean they must have the right to charge people but i wonder if that money goes back to apple or if it's part you know if they i don't know if app, they have to pay apple like anything for that stuff i don't know I yeah i think that's a great question I, I i i do think that there's like some level of payment there but it's got to be fairly low I mean, yeah. per unit, this is different than, you know, selling millions of like some sort of lightning port adapter. You know, you're selling, you know, 200,000 cars. Which, by the way, the best thing Mini ever did was do away with that stupid cable that came to plug in your, your <laughs> phone or whatever. And now you just use whatever lightning cable you've got, plug it into the right. USB. Well, uh, right now I'm just happy that I would be just happy if they could actually update Mini Connected so I could actually <laughs> use it. So uh, are you guys having trouble? Like, yes. I think I, I saw this yes. on Slack. I, uh, so, okay. On, in, in four, uh, 2015-16 BMW and Mini products, I've yet to experience this problem. Is it just not connecting at all, your iPhone 7? Yeah, it connects. Uh, so 10. it's 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 a mix of I don't know if it's I, I don't think I think it's mostly like iOS 10 rather than like iPhone 7. It connects and then it drops. And then unless unless you kind of stop the car or do something mm. drastic, like it it doesn't work again. So like the Bluetooth audio I'm sorry, I'm talking about. Yeah. But when I connected via USB, it works totally fine. And maybe it's gonna fail like let's say I don't know one time out of three. But yeah, that's uh, that's since the iOS ten. It's uh, and that's you know that's a shame. And the new feature, the new problem, a feature, the new problem I've been having with mine is getting the car, and uh, this has happened at least a half a dozen times to me, where the car will just shut Bluetooth off. Yes, yes, it does. Like my phone will ring, and I'm like, why can't I answer it in the car? And then I look down, and I go to Bluetooth, and it's unchecked. I just turned Bluetooth in the car off, just randomly. At some point, yeah. and you don't know that it's done that until your phone rings, and you're like, "I can't answer a call, or I can't make a call." And then it's simple as just checking the button, and it'll connect mm-hmm. you. Doesn't forget it, 
but it seems like there's a few glitches, and I do blame Mini for that. That is something that shouldn't happen. It shouldn't just mm-hmm. turn Bluetooth off. But I've got so many Bluetooth things running in my car at one time now. My phone is now talking to the automatic that's plugged into the ODB port, talking to my radar detector, my Valentine 1, and it's talking to the car via audio and phone. So basically you almost crash when your Bluetooth <laughs> goes off. Exactly. You know, it's just like everything's going at once. But it, it worked. It used to work. When I first got the car back in March, everything worked great. Mm-hmm. And as soon as iOS 10 came out, it's like, oops, everything. Just put the brakes on and stuff starts going to crap, you know. So Yeah, it's not cool. Anyway. Anyway. I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm a huge fan of the new Countryman. I can't wait to see it in person. It's really, I think it's amazing. Job well done by many, I think. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, let's play. You. Let's play the fun game before we go. Um, let's try to take a wild guess at pricing. Oh, geez. Anyone? I have no clue where the existing one is now, so I can't say right off. I'm gonna have to think about this. Um, let's think about this for a second here. Because I think pricing on this so, is gonna come in at very similar to. I think it's gonna come in at like clubman pricing. So ish. I. So the current countryman is twenty two seven fifty, which is. Which is a steal if you didn't know it was, you know, a yeah. very old platform. The current clubman, of course, this is um, Mini USA Cooper pricing, mm-hmm. is twenty four one hundred. Right. I would bet that the Countryman would be more expensive than the clubman, and I would bet it would be about five hundred dollars more. So you're, Gabe, you're, you're going to say, not, if not eight, you're going to say that we're looking at twenty four six. Um, twenty six four, yeah, and then I'll say twenty. I'll say twenty four seven fifty, just to make it okay. I'm probably low. Okay, I'm gonna say it, I think it's gonna be higher than that. I think it's gonna be a thousand dollars over the Clubman across the board. Even, not counting the electric. Not counting the electric one. I'm gonna say a thousand dollars over just the base. The base one. Yeah. You know what? I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the pricing. I think you. I think you may be right. I think it may be more like twenty-five. Yeah, I'm saying twenty. I'm saying right at twenty-five to twenty-five five. Yeah. Starting for the Cooper Countryman. Yeah. And then How great go- would it be if it was twenty-four though? Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be more like closer to Gay between twenty-five and twenty-four seven fifty. Right. It's like it's it's two thousand dollars more than the current Countryman. I don't think it, it would be like yeah. three thousand dollars more. Like that's 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 a lot. I think you're right. I think they, they can't afford to bring it that. And I mean, I, you know, it's interesting. If they do, it just it just strengthens the point of the or the case for the the uh, clubman. Which man, I, I I I love the countryman, but I just can't help but look at the the clubman with even more, you know, just like admiration these days. Looking at these these weight figures and and everything else. Right. And and I think that the the most expensive one is going to be, of course, the the hybrid. However, mm-hmm. there are government incentives to that for electric vehicles that as long as they're renewed next year, I think they come up for renewal. And it's pretty positive. I mean, I think people are pretty optimistic that they will be renewed right. um, to encourage people to, to buy alternative fuel vehicles like that. Electric cars. Uh, I think yeah. the, I think so the EV gonna negate the extra. Expense. Yeah, but I think the EV is going to add twenty five hundred dollars to the price of the oh, S going to be at least that's it. At least, maybe more. Yeah. Anyway, that's the uh, that's the new countryman. And JCW coming next fall, right? JCW version. Yeah. So yeah, I think from from what I gather from reading between the lines from a few folks, it'll be uh, Frankfurt reveal next um, September. So 
yeah. should be <laughs> the same drivetrain we see in the club and um, JCW with, uh, with all that torque. Because that'll be about the time they're announcing LCIs and possible mm-hmm. boost to uh, power in the existing lineup also. And I think that's an interesting mm-hmm. side note mm-hmm. to that. That's I think it's a good point. And, and I think that gap between the JCW and the standard cars may decrease slightly because of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Gabe, thanks for joining us tonight. Did yeah, you have any we haven't had you on I, uh, in a long time. Up on the time. Dude, we didn't have any we haven't, we haven't had you on in a while and I know you've got the Cubs game to get back to, but was there anything else you wanted to add before you left? I mean, you know, glad to be on. Uh I uh been driving some some fun cars, enjoying my um nineteen seventy six two thousand two, which is not a hybrid. Which <laughs> which needs to have more photos on your Instagram of, please. That's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not a hybrid unless you count the burning of oil as uh, say, an energy source. You can tell by the smell um, of the car when it runs. It's not a hybrid. It's yeah. I tell you though, it's it it is it is great. It is uh, it is it is my new baseline basically for steering feel. Nice. I'll say that. Yeah, um, I mean, but no, it's. Uh, that's that that must be good that must be really really good because now i mean nowadays it's uh it's not boring but it's uh you know it's it's tough to get used to the electric steering yeah it's tough to get used to basically anything else i mean yeah yeah you know it makes my my 1m feel like it's you know it's it's just a it's a little too 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 boring (laughs) you know it's a it's it's a very if you want visceral you know all these people with r53s etc Go out and buy yourself a car from the seventies. <laughs> You'll get your visceral. Yeah, <laughs> it's like shots of visceral in the arm, basically. Like That's I, what it is. Right here. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it really is. I love it. But anyway, no, that's what I've been up to, and it's it's been fantastic. And and loving the club, and I mean, I, I can't I can't say enough great things about that car. I mean, it's it's been absolutely uh, bulletproof, and uh, uh, you know, it's been fantastic. It's it, it's kind of kind of go down to. Go down as one of the absolute best minis I've ever owned. All right, so Gabe, this will be the big question about the Clubman. When the time comes, is this a car you're going to actually try to keep in your garage? I will not keep it because it wouldn't be the one I would order. But okay. I would if I, um, you know, if, if Motorshaw does not get uh, long-term loaners, knock on wood, for you know, for the rest of recorded history, I think the Clubman would be the car I would probably buy. Really? Out of all the range. In fact, wow. I know it would be. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Maybe and maybe a, a Cooper manual actually. DB. Okay. All right. All right. So all right. Appreciate you it. lost me. You lost me there. But Gabe, <laughs> get, get, get the Cooper manual and you can put the uh, put the, the Dyna Tune on the Dyna Tune on it exactly. Bring it up to Cooper S. Uh, well, uh, because they're not gonna because the three cylinder. Uh, so here's my hunch, guys. The three cylinder is going away. You think? Really. That's a that's a topic for another time. Yeah. All right. I believe that the emissions testing situation has uncovered that three cylinders are not as clean as four cylinders uh-huh. because of the work they have to do to get the power out. Yeah. And I believe that three cylinders are going to be going away before well, everything then ultimately becomes electric. And I will say having owned we, – we owned one here for almost two years, and it did not, I swear to you, did not get the – the fuel economy that it was supposed to it didn't do that and it's much. not even the fuel economy i think it's more that it, i i believe it burns it burns dirty mm. it might and like i said a four-cylinder which is less taxed 
Yeah, and my attitude was, if I'm going to have the same fuel economy, I'm going to spend the extra money and get the horsepower and the you know extra luxuries that are in an S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I mean, I, you know, who knows? If I'm spending my own money, I may do the same thing. But I like the idea of the three-cylinder because I think I don't think it's going to be around forever. Huh? Interesting. Very good, Gabe. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, excellent. Before Phelps, you got you got get a, a base runner here in the seventh. Yes, I know. I've I've got a game to get back to, and uh, 108 <laughs> years of of uh, a curse. Frustration. Go, <laughs> go, yeah, frustration go Cubs. It. Gabe, thanks so, again. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Cheers. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Gabe. All right. That was nice of Gabe to join us really quick. I want to remind you guys about one of the other fine sponsors here underneath the white roof. Our good friends, our good pals over at Craven Speed, CravenSpeed.com up in the Pacific Northwest since like 2005. One of the original sponsors here at uh, White Roof Radio, one of the original sponsors at Motoring File. They make all the really cool custom stuff for your Mini, and it doesn't matter what Mini you've got. you got a first-gen R50, R53, Craven Speed's got you covered. you got an R56, boom, same thing. you got a new Mini, Craven Speed's got you covered. Go fast parts. Very functional parts that make your car work better or look better, like the stubby antenna, like the dipstick for the first and second gen cars you can actually read and doesn't break, like the platypus license plate mount, like all the things I always talk about, the FlexPod adapter, all the stuff. Really cool. I want you to click over to the website also. You have a minute, and you can actually meet the whole Craven Speed team. There's pictures of all of them and little, like, bio stuff. It's super awesome. You should go check it out and meet everybody. It's kind of cool. I like it. Um... And then when you do place an order, that's the best part. There's a spot there you can leave a comment. We like it when you can you know, put a little thank you there for supporting White Roof Radio. Uh, we really appreciate that. So do they. They, of course, being our friends over at Craven Speed. CravenSpeed.com. Uh, you know, go check them out, please. <laughs> Home of that giant bendy dipstick. Home of the giant bendy dipstick, yes. <laughs> home, home of, hang on, I'll tell you. Let's see, CravenSpeed.com, home of um, home of Logan customer support website guy in photography. There. Anyway, go check. Yeah, well, I'm I am uh, off to to SEMA. That's right. Todd's going to be in SEMA next week. Yes. Yeah. And so look, follow the Instagram, the White Roof Radio Instagram, and and my Instagram, Todd Vaughn. Yep. Uh, to to see pictures from SEMA because really there's there's not a lot of uh, Wi-Fi there, but there's a lot of cool stuff to see, and I'll be firing up uh, the pictures. And as far as I know, Mini is going to be there. They've been there the last two years, so crossing my fingers, there'll be something cool to see. Yeah, but your opponent will see a countryman. Yeah, probably not. That's going to be unveiled at uh, the LA Auto Show, and I think we've pretty much been guaranteed of that. Yeah, November sixteenth. November sixteenth. They're on the press preview days. Uh, awesome. So, and if you're going to be in SEMA, if you're going to be at SEMA, the specialty equipment. Manufacturer Association show in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, look for our man Todd. He'll be there hanging out with, you know, booth babes, more than likely, with a gin in his hand. Yes. Or one, talking the, the, or talking at length to the 3M reps because he seems to spend a lot of time doing that too. Yes, yes. I'll be doing that also. That's because well, that's why you go. <laughs> well, from from when to when are you in Cima? Uh, I mean, are you in Vegas? Uh, next week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. When next? Okay, okay. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So, Very and then that means we'll probably be off for a show next week. Yeah, we won't have a show next week, and I know we owe you guys a Ask Chad show. Uh, so the next show, we weren't expecting the Countryman, uh, obviously, to drop when it did. So the next show, for sure, is we're going to get the Ask Chad questions, um, and we'll make sure we get that taken care of. And that won't be next week. That'll be the week prior, and that'll be for Wolfcast number 610. 
Yeah, so and then we're approaching Thanksgiving and the holidays. Exactly, and we'll go into holiday mode uh, shortly thereafter. Um, anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We do appreciate it. Uh, but, yeah, we don't have anything else. Anybody, anybody? MotoringStripes.com. MotoringStripes.com. Go over there. Give yourself some holiday, holiday specials stripes. coming up. Holiday, holiday specials coming up, so keep an eye on the stripe. Uh, listen here when, you know, when the holiday specials actually are ready. You'll hear it here first. Just uh, I have one more thing to say. Oh, yes. of course. Uh, so I, I just want to say, like on, on the radio, on public, like, Sean, I am very sorry. I'm going to get back to you tomorrow. As, after you hear this, I'm going to get back to you. I'm really, really sorry. It's been <laughs> tough. I've been a bad friend, Sean, and so I'm sorry for that. So it's on, it's on, it's on record now, so I guess you can forgive shout me. Shout-out. Public shout-out. Wow. <laughs> wow, Alex. You're dogging, right. you're dogging one of the boys from the Motor Trend. Yes, there, I am. There are friends over there at Motor Trend Audio Podcast. We like <laughs> really them a lot. Really good friends. We like them a lot. If you guys are looking for another show, we always like to pimp them whenever possible. If you're looking for another good automotive show that's not Autoblog or Jalopnik, you should go punch up uh, in your app. Look for Motor Trend Audio. Charlie and Sean, Alex, they do a great show over there. It's well worth the space on your device. Honest to God. I, I subscribe and I don't miss an episode. It's a really great show. If you like hey, us, mate. you'll like them. My favorite uh, podcast player of late has got to be Overcast. Overcast which, for the win, because you can uh, you can uh, listen to shows at like double speed and you know yeah yeah the, the yeah yeah it's pretty cool and the dark theme also yeah There's and no but the only thing on. with Overcast is it doesn't support video podcasts and if you yeah. if you do a lot yet. of video podcasts Overcast doesn't yet support that but you know you know it's really funny that you mentioned Overcast you know what the number one podcast player on the Ride Bikes Radio show is what's that Overcast. Really? Whoa, by, cool. a, by a lot. I don't have the stats right in front of me, but like a lot of the uh, the bike show people are Overcast users. That's pretty cool. That's a, that's a good sign for Overcast because the thing like what Marco keeps on saying every time is that the, the, that the Apple like default app is the number one competitor. It is. So if for a new podcast like this, a new show like this, like your majority of, of players are Overcast, it's a really good sign for them. So I'm really happy for the, for the Yeah, game. I listened to um, the Libsyn podcast, and this is total inside baseball stuff, guys. And if you wanted to go and turn us off, that's fine. But I listened <laughs> to the Libsyn podcast, and they talk about you know stats, like overall stats, like the entire network stats. Um, one of the guys there actually breaks down, you know, all the statistics for all the shows and all the downloads. And right now, then I think the number five podcast divide podcast uh, constant consumption app is Overcast, like it's all the way good. around, which is really yeah. strong. I'm gonna say that since this is a mini show and you have a mini, it plays very nicely with your mini, mm -hmm. especially if you plug in to the new car mm -hmm. and you run Overcast. Um, it gives you screen art and it's basically just like using the, you yeah. know, uh, any you know the the music app or things like that. So it works really well. And yeah. it's also uh, the only podcast app that is not Apple. Uh, that's on that's on the um, CarPlay. So for anyone in in, in on the market to buy a Countryman, yeah. Guess you know that. There you or go. a JCW Clubman that's going to have CarPlay built in. So yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah. since we're talking about the nerd stuff, if you guys are looking for other ways to consume White Refredo, you can find us any place you can find audio except for Spotify and Pandora. I'm still working on Spotify and Pandora. Well, they'll never do podcasts. But if you're an iHeartRadio listener, you can find White Refredo there. We're in Stitcher. We're in TuneIn. We're on the Google Play Store. We're in iTunes. Obviously, we are everywhere on every app. If you need your White Roof Radio fix and you're looking for some way else to do it, you can always search for White Roof Radio and you will always find us.
guaranteed. And if you find some place where you're not finding us, like maybe on the old, uh, you should even still find us on the Zune store. If you know that one guy the out what? there still has a Zune, <laughs> I don't know if we're still in the Zune store or not. And if we are, the feed's probably broke. Um, but if you're looking anyplace else, you will find White Roof Radio. And if you find a place where you can't find us, I'd appreciate a shoot us over an email feedback whiteroofradio.com. Anyway, we are done for this week. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for your patience, as always. Um, we would are looking forward to what you guys think about The Countryman. Click back over to white, uh, whiteroofradio.com. Leave us a note there in the show notes. You can also email us, feedback at whiteroofradio.com. Uh, you know, but that's it. Uh, this for Yeah, what happened? I, just, I don't know. The, the whole end of the show just disintegrated. Anyway, this is until next week, gang. This DB, I'm done. Good God. Cheers. <laughs> Completely lost it there. It's like, what? <laughs> but good, I like it. And it was a good show. It was a good show.